Welcome to Cambridge Stronger, where culture counts and values matter most. I'm your host, Amy Weber, and joining us today is a senior partner and financial advisor at Finity Group, Mike Merrill. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Well, thanks for having me, Amy. Absolutely. It's so good to see you. Um, it's always special to see my partners and, and uh, clients, but I'll tell you what, even though we're uh, only on Zoom at the moment and our clients or our listeners do not realize that we can see each other, but it makes this so much more rewarding, right? As we're getting to know each other um, a little bit better and letting our listeners hear about you and your journey. So let's start off with you telling us your journey towards financial services early in life. Talk to us about what made you want to work in this industry. Yeah, no, well, uh, it's a it's a deep question, and uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. But I, you know, I guess going back to the beginning, as a as a child, my my family really struggled financially. Um, you know, so I kind of experienced that stress firsthand. The financial stress is there, and um, the the circumstances were you know unique, um, which is the case with you know, anyone going through that kind of stuff. But um, at the time, it really felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And it was something that kind of stuck with me in terms of, well, it never left in terms of, you know, wanting to make sure that that never, that my future family had a better life than what I had experienced. And when I'm talking with clients now, I guess, kind of fast forwarding time, like I, I I really take a, a personal in terms of, helping people avoid those kind of uh, situations that ruin them financially, just because it, it felt like that was the world I was living in as a child. So, but um, so that's kind of the, I guess, early childhood uh, stuff there. But at, after high school, I enlisted in the Navy and uh, took full advantage of the, the GI Bill, which you know pays for college and got my uh, Bachelor of Business Administration finished up just as my enlistment was ending. And during the the course of my studies, I, I kept gravitating towards finance and uh, just that part of the of the coursework. And I, I concluded that was really the world I wanted to to work in. So over the course of uh, some time looking into the different career paths, I was really fixated on becoming a financial advisor. The more I learned about it, and just the thought of helping people, you know, build a financial legacy and potentially generational wealth, um, just the thought of it itself was fulfilling. So I, I really, I, I couldn't really see another purpose for the the path that God had put me on um, than to be a financial advisor. So it was really, I, I, I had a lot of conviction behind it, I guess. And yeah, I was fortunate enough to uh, get on board with a firm right out of, um, uh, well, right as I got out of the Navy. And yeah, fast forward time here I am today. I mean, there's obviously a lot that happened, you know, since then, but it's kind of how I got to to the career itself. Everybody takes a unique journey and it's always really inspiring to hear how people make it there. I think it helps our listeners who might be considering a career make some decisions in their lives. So thank you for sharing. So we've known each other for a while and I've joked with you uh, following you joining Cambridge and our Cambridge Finity partnership that you and your team have a pretty innovative approach to encouraging new entrants into our market, speaking of people considering. 
And what I'm talking about is the journey related to what I often have called your frat house approach. <laughs> and, uh, and also, um, I have to say that it your annual event continues to be the only event where I, where I had the pleasure of meeting a lot of financial professionals' parents instead of their spouses. So please do share because I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great approach and you've done a lot to bring new people into our business. Yeah, well, uh, it's definitely a unique uh, way that we do things. Uh, I, I, I guess uh, when my business partner, Anders, and I were new advisors, one of the things that we noticed as all the newbies around us were quitting and we were still kind of holding on was most of them were quitting because they um, really at the end, they didn't have enough people to talk to. Um, you know, they didn't have that activity that was necessary. Now part, a lot of that was on, on them, but they, it seemed like the common excuses was just the money aspect, but, you know, activity solves that um, when you're, you know, out there actually talking to people. Um, so fast forward to when we had started Finity, um, we were, trying to build a world where there was literally no excuses um, as it related to money. Um, as a new advisor, there's, you know, you're just building your business. You don't, I mean, there's, you know, you can't just hang a shingle in our industry and people come knocking on the door. Um, so to kind of, a, I guess, uh, help that new person uh, get started. And especially since, you know, we don't necessarily have the deepest pockets in the world to, pay huge salaries to new advisors that aren't producing anything. We figured that, okay, well, if we can at least meet their basic needs, um, food, water, shelter, I guess, um, if you will, uh, then that should take the stress off of how am I going to survive month to month financially and let them focus on actually building their practice. So we decided that, you know, from a, a shelter standpoint, you know, that's uh, uh, rent is usually going to be the biggest expense. So, Hey, let's, Let's rent a uh, a house that can house the new people that we hire and let them live there for free. Um, you know, us paying rent somewhere uh, that has lots of rooms is going to be cheaper than paying you know salaries where people are then uh, paying for that themselves. So we we had the Finity House past tense. We no longer have the Finity House, but it. Uh, it was a very successful endeavor. Um, we had many people uh, live there over the years, but in addition to the the Finity House, we uh, we got we provided bus tickets for people to get to work and back home. So transportation, if they didn't have a car, that you know we kind of alleviated that. And and you know from a, a food standpoint, technically they weren't making a whole bunch their first year, so a lot of them qualified for food stamps. So we would help them navigate that. Now that was kind of a extreme option, but um, still there's, we basically, the goal was to leave, uh, eliminate any uh, financial reasons why they weren't going to make it in that first year or two. But uh, since then we've, we've, we've definitely changed some things and I think for the better, but today's labor market is just so tight and so hard to attract talent when you're offering them a, a zero salary and a but you can live in this frat house. Um, it's it's a different world today than it was ten years ago when we had started. But yeah, that that was a very successful thing for us in, in terms of being able to attract these college kids off. Yeah, you know, they're already used to living off of nothing in the first place. So recruiting off the college campus was uh, pretty easy, and and uh, 
just finding the highly motivated go-getters out there that they didn't really seem to to mind the you know living close to other folks that are going through the grind like they were but um and our marketing was uh and still is uh for especially that newer group coming in each year um is focused on on young doctors so that we kind of pair we have uh some pretty streamlined marketing as it relates to getting in front of residents and fellows. And, and the way we've kind of viewed it is that, you know, these, these residents are, are young and, you know, making very little money, um, which happens to be a similar situation as these new advisors. So they're both going through the same thing. They, they can really relate to each other. So, um, you know, the goal is to, to get them in front of as many of them as possible and build out this book of young doctors that, that they can then grow with. And once they, you know, finish their training, get into practice, they're making really good money. And there's plenty of financial needs across the board, you know, for financial advice with those. And um, yeah, that, I guess in a nutshell, kind of how we've, we've built Finity Group. I thought it was really cool. And like I said, um, when I attended one of your events, I think the exact approach that mother was taking was that um, had it not been for Finity, her son may have been living in her basement and <laughs> you were, you had, you know, saved the day and helped to become such a successful uh, person in her mind. You had, you, yeah, sorry. You reminded me of, uh, yeah, that, so that, that, that is, uh, that was a very, um, deliberate thing that we that we did and, and still do where we invite uh the parents of all the the folks at finity to our annual banquet um and because ultimately you know your support system uh if they're not on board with you you know being in this career it's it's a very difficult road to get started um you know if, if everyone in your life is telling you that that's a bad idea and like you're you know, hey, you're not going to make it as a financial advisor, you know, the financial uh, uh, just challenges early on, it just, um, so ultimately, the goal is to, or our goal has been to, you know, invite the parents, invite, like anyone who's an influencer for that person that is part of their support system, um, so that they can see just what their, you know, their son or daughter, or, you know, brother or sister, whoever, um, is up to and what what Finity is all about, and you know, basically uh, uh, tell the Finity story to them, so they're you know invested and 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 feel like they're they're part of the journey with them. So, yeah, that's kind of the method behind the madness. I think you're doing a lot right because you've had a lot of success. So um, I'm going to shift gears. You mentioned doctors. You've been recognized as one of the top financial advisors for doctors. Um, I believe since 2010. Uh, I also think you wrote a book, perhaps. So tell us about that. Tell us how that came about and, and why that particular group is a group that you felt compelled to serve. Yeah, well, um, so that, uh, that that's a good story. Um, it all, I guess, started uh, back when I had met my business partner, Anders Ramstead, uh, back in 2004, we were both brand new hires, uh, fresh off the press, financial advisors, um, and we instantly partnered up. It was probably one of the quickest uh, of any successful business partnerships ever formed. Uh, the, the conversation went something like, uh, 
know, hi, I'm Mike. Hi, I'm Anders. Uh, you want to team up? Sure. Yeah, let's do this. And it, it was a bit, it, that was that was it. That uh, from there, um, we kind of put our heads together and started thinking of ways that we could get in front of young professionals. Um, we just we we didn't necessarily have a a, a deep natural market um, that you know was willing to you know hand over all their life savings to these you know young baby faced brand new financial advisors. Um, so we started focusing on more of the the young professionals and doing some networking and kind of uh, experimenting with a, a bunch of different target markets, if you will. Um, and ultimately, um, I, well, <laughs> you know, if the day ended in DAY, we were working, we didn't sit around waiting for the phone to ring. We weren't in that, that. I think that was a big separator with the group that we were kind of hired in um, with at the same time, there was like 10 other folks that, had ended up quitting around that time, but it, um, it we we were working our tails off, um, and and even though we weren't necessarily gaining much traction with some of these target markets we were going after, the the hard work was being noticed by some of the the senior advisors at the firm that we were uh, working at, and this gentleman by the name of Todd Bramson, um, who was one of the the senior folks there, he had taken notice to us and he, he had built his practice um, uh, around working with physicians and uh, early on started working with like medical students, residents and fellows. And, and he decided to take us under his wing and mentor us and open up his playbook and showed us everything in terms of how he built his practice, working with folks and everything from uh, marketing to them to how to, you know, take them through the process, what unique um, challenges they face. And it, uh, it was really just the stars aligned for Banners and I, we, I mean, we wouldn't be here today without Todd Bramson entering our life at the time. Maybe we would have, but it's, uh, we, life would have certainly been different. So that actually, um, well, I guess to answer your original question, I mean, that, that's how we kind of got into the, the physician space. But I think why we stuck with it, um, it, like once we kind of got into that world, it was pretty cool to, to, to know that you're actually, you know, helping these people that, you know, help keep us all alive and healthy. Um, like it, it felt like there was um, uh, more purpose behind it. Like, I don't know, there was just something very gratifying about helping that medical community and, and kind of, uh, eliminating some of that financial stress that they experienced, you know, going through the million years of training, working for, you know, minimum wage, basically, before they end up getting out and actually making the, the, the big dollars. But, and then from there, we, we had gotten so busy working with these folks, uh, and got so good at, at bringing in new prospects, if you will, new clients, that that's where the team started to, to grow. And, 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 Along the same lines, uh, we figured, hey, we keep repeating the same stuff to large groups, about, you know, uh, these physicians. And so why not put something in writing so that we can share the message a lot easier to people? And it's, it ends up, you know, uh, I guess, making it to where we don't have to repeat ourselves so often um, with the same information. So that's where the idea of, of writing the book came into play, um, the 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 first book that we actually wrote, uh, real life financial planning for, uh, medical professionals that we were pretty, pretty excited about that one. But even, 
even more uh, recent, a couple of us at Affinity Group wrote a book, um, Financial Planning Basics for Doctors, which we're very proud of. And that that one, we've had a lot of success with, with it and ends up being a great resource for folks. And How big is the team now? How many financial professionals do you have in Affinity Group? We're sitting at 30, if my math is correct. It depends. It, there's there's some folks testing. It's it's always a hard one for me to answer because we there, we always have a couple in the queue that I don't know if we count them yet or not kind of thing. But thirty is a um, roughly what where we're at. They're all contributing, right? Whether they have those licenses yet or not. And I think when you joined us, was it back in two thousand ten? Something like that. There were might have been six or eight of you. So that's pretty cool. This is all working. Yeah, we're at, it's actually we're celebrating the 10 year anniversary um, this fall. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was the fall of 2011. Um, we, we're doing a, a, a pretty big celebration for our 10 year anniversary here in October. Congratulations. That's yeah. great. That's really great. So, um, you know, you you're a leader. You're leading a big team. What do you do to stay current with? financial news and other types of things that you know you need to be up on to take care of your clients what are the sources that you utilize just to keep yourself on top of the issues that you hope to understand to help your clients well um you know i i think the um the biggest thing that i rely on is my team with that we have uh we have a pretty uh a pretty extensive investment committee that includes two cfas uh, we have four more that are testing towards becoming CFA, and so the, uh, relying on the team is kind of kind of like my first primary source. But but normally I'm browsing, you know, Bloomberg in the morning and kind of have the CNBC stuff going on in the background. But uh, Cambridge does an excellent job of keeping us posted on just industry changes, updates, regulations, things like that. Um, it's there's a million different sources, but as we all know, and it's hard to kind of sift through uh, what's important and what's not. But I think that's where, again, I kind of rely on the team, which I'm very uh, fortunate to have some uh, talented people surrounding me on that one. I think that's key, what you just said. I think a lot of people miss that. They might feel like they have to be the one to read everything and stay up to date that way. And you're suggesting a very different method, which is to keep in mind um, so much of what is out there to read may not even be applicable. Doesn't it make more sense to maybe delegate to someone on a team or multiple someone's on a team to sift through all of that, separate out the noise and get to you what you really need to see? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. So you mentioned earlier, Mike, um, that you were in the military, and I've talked to several other financial professionals about that have been in the military and, and translated a lot of what they learned in that section of their lives into what they do today as financial professionals. So what were some of the most impactful lessons that you took away from your time in the Navy, and how did you translate those into your career today? That's a good one. Um, you know, look, looking back at uh, my time in the military, there were uh, there were quite a quite a few lessons that had stuck with me. Um, you know, to start with, you know, I had a front row seat to some of the 
best leaders you'll find out there. Um, you know, and they, they taught me really how to, uh, first and foremost, how to uh, adapt and overcome. I think that was a big one. Um, you know, just how to be resourceful and work as part of a team to accomplish a common goal. Um, the, the another one that I think is very relevant to today, you know, I, I share blood, sweat, and tears with men and women from all walks of life. You know, if you want a crash course on diversity in the workplace, join the military. But uh, above all else, it really taught me, I think, service above self. Um, you know, as a leader in the military and business or, you know, as a financial advisor leading a client to financial success, I can't really think of a higher priority than that one. But um, I think that's, it, it, I mean, I, I, the list could go on and on, but it, I, I'm very fortunate to have that decision going to the military is probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of positives that I still carry with me in terms of those lessons. On behalf of Cambridge, thank you for your service. It's an important role, um, especially today. I think we all understand more and more how critical that is. So thank you very much for putting your time in uh, to protect us all. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot in this session about hard work and perseverance and overcome and adapt. And it all probably sounds a little overwhelming to people listening, especially if they aren't in our industry. But I know for a fact that you've also managed, even with all of that work uh, and all of those long hours, to have a family and have a personal life. So, and I know how important they are to you as they should be. So tell us a little bit about your family and who are they? How do they support you? And what do you all do together in your free time? Yeah, well, uh, I've been married to my amazing wife, Octavia, now for 15 years. Uh, we we met uh, while I was in the military station in Oklahoma, um, so I stole her from the South there. Uh, we've got three kids together, uh, so there's really never a dull moment in the house. Josie's our oldest. She's 10. Camille's seven, and Weston just turned five uh, just last month, so it's a uh, it's busy. You know, it's crazy how fast kids grow. And, uh, and I guess more recently, um, uh, as I was mentioning to you before, just we, we ended up moving out into the country, if you will, uh, just this last fall. And <clears throat> so we're now on four acres and it's, it, it, we're used to living in the suburbs. So we're, we're, we've been learning how to, you know, manage some property. We, we got to, there's a barn. I can't even spell barn, but we have one. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's horse stalls. We don't have any horses yet. Somehow we went from having like a dog um, to now like plural chickens, bunny and kittens. And there's talks of like goats, um, which I don't, I don't know. It just escalated very quickly. And uh, so we're, it uh, uh, lately we've all been, you know, kind of learning together how to, uh, you know, take care of the animals and started a vegetable garden. And like, I, I mean, I could hardly keep a, a single, you know, flower plant alive prior to this, but now I'm, you know, picking tomatoes and peppers and stuff off the plants here every day that we've grown. So it's kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, so we, outside of the house stuff, we're, uh, I mean, we're in the Pacific Northwest, I and mean, there's no shortage 
bunch of beautiful places to explore here. We we like to go out to the Oregon coast and you know hiking or camping, whatever it might be. So it uh, it's pretty and you know the the more that uh, um, the further along I get into this career, the you know more that it affords me to spend more time with the family and you know, all the the late nights and weekends spent grinding, if you will, in those early years, giving me the opportunity today to to really you know enjoy time with the family these days and not have to do those. I think that's the end game. Yeah, that's that's the end game. You know, I cannot believe I heard you just say that Weston is five. I feel like it was just yesterday, and I hope you don't mind me sharing and asking you about this, but back to overcome and adapt and listening to you talk about everything that all, all things fun on the farm, if you will, that you guys are doing. But I remember you were a member of our new century council and you and I had a conversation about where you should be putting your time because Weston had just been born and uh, life with three uh, was throwing you some challenges and look at you now, he's five years old. That's so awesome. I know, right? Yeah. We've, uh, we've, kept him alive so far and <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's nuts there's uh and and they do grow so fast i mean i i just can't uh i can't believe and it what is it um 12 years that are all going to be gone i just well hopefully not gone but yeah i we did t-ball this year with weston uh the girls are in uh dance classes and tumbling and all this stuff and just started to get into kind of that that fun busy stage of you know activities and sports and things like that it's a whole new adventure but I will tell you from one whose children are gone uh not gone but gone uh that uh you should enjoy every minute because it's it's a blast and uh, I think it's very refreshing for our listeners in my opinion uh to hear the stories about how people that choose this career can in fact have that life balance that everybody is so looking for, if not before, certainly uh, where we're at now as we work through the ramifications of a pandemic. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, the one thing I, like I would say is that uh, one of the, one of the common mistakes I see with our newer advisors we hire is they, they, they want that lifestyle um, like sooner versus later, which is that, that that's great. They they should want that, but uh, thinking that it's going to happen overnight is just that's just uh, even when you tell someone brand new to the business when they first get hired on, that they, they seem to have selective hearing and not and miss the part that hey it's going to take some time. You got to put the time on in upfront to actually get to that point. Yeah, that would just be my. You gotta you get you gotta pay your dues before you can reap the benefits there. That that's my message to that new advisor out there. Wise advice, my friend. Well, thank you for joining me today. Any last words on your end? No, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Awesome to catch up with you as always. Yes, thanks for the partnership. Thanks for uh, being a member of Cambridge Nation, and I hope to see you in person very soon. Yes, plan on it. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best, the strongest of the strongest.
You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. If you like what you've heard, please give us a review and head on over to our blog for more content at cambridgestronger.com. That's cambridgestronger.com. We are Cambridge Stronger.